spoke to the Chinese government and they were a bit concerned. They were saying, no, why now? Let them continue staying here. We're looking after them. And we said, we want our own back home in South Africa. I have spent sleepless nights over you. It all began in Wuhan, China in late December 2019. This is where COVID-19 first emerged, spreading out fast, affecting countries around the world. Back then, what seems like ages ago, some South Africans found themselves trapped in the epicenter of the outbreak. But the South African government stepped in to repatriate them, and the evacuation operation was carried out, bringing 112 South Africans back to home soil. Fast forward several weeks, and the deadly virus is now gaining a foothold in South Africa. All South Africans are now firmly in lockdown. It's not a great place to be for any of us, but many feel that there is clear and strong leadership, and that there seems to be a plan. And even though we are locked down, we are safely at home. But what about those South Africans who didn't make it back before air travel was suspended? What happens when you're both locked down and locked out? I'm Catherine Rice, and you're listening to the third episode of the COVID-19 Chronicles, a new podcast by News24. There are an estimated 3,000 South Africans abroad, scattered across the planet, desperately trying to return home. Darren Bergman, the DA Shadow Minister for International Relations and Cooperation, is working with the organization Home Away From Home, as well as the Department of International Relations and Cooperation, to try and assist those who are stranded. On any given day, we can get uh, a handful of horror stories. These are the things such as running out of uh, chronic medication, people taken to hospital, uh, some testing positive for COVID, um, We've had people running out of food. We've had people that are about to get uh, kicked out because of that country um, literally closing down. We've had people staying in airports. There's still two people that are staying in the Kuala Lumpur airport at this point in time. And if you're in a part of the world with just a handful of fellow South Africans, then it's pretty unlikely you're going to find repatriation flights. Tyron Brivik is a 30-year-old Capetonian stranded in Argentina. He's one of a handful of South Africans. About another 10 are in Chile. They missed a repatriation flight back home from Brazil because logistically they couldn't get there in time to make the flight. We have been here for a long time and... It was very sad to see that, you know, a plan was made for Brazil, but no one could get there otherwise, people, other than people in Brazil. We tried so hard to get there, tried so hard, and the emails and the calls, Catherine, was, I mean, we, we were crying because there was, we were just told, can't do anything for you. The only, the only way to go is by land, and it's very, very dangerous that Bergman says it was just out of reach for those in Argentina and Chile. Just a few more agencies and people working together, and it could have been done. We've almost played judge and jury there. And, you know, it's a, you can't point fingers at that government. You can't really point fingers at our government. But then we move on to a different phase of our project where we now have to think about tents. We have to think about uh, Adopt African project almost. 
where we, we're going to have to beg people to almost take in a South African because it's either that or we, you know, it, it, you, you think about the unthinkable. Tents set up at embassies is the worst case scenario. People are getting so desperate that uh, we, we've got a problem. That uh, They're running out of money, they're running out of food. And to get food into Thailand or to Vietnam or to get money into Thailand and Vietnam, especially when banks have had to close, uh, freeze cards overseas, we're sitting with a disaster that's going to only get worse. For Brivik, it really has become a holiday from hell. Three attempts to get home, three flights booked and three flights cancelled. It's very depressing and it's, uh, I've just got to try and push through, Catherine. Um, I've, I've got to just be strong. The same goes for Cape Town couple pensioners Anne and Don Saunders, who are stuck in Phuket, Thailand. For us, it was like our, our dream trip. You know, we planned everything, paid for it all. Their flight home was cancelled, and despite managing to get on another two flights several days later, those two were cancelled. With help from home away from home, they were able to stay at a hotel with three other South African couples. The way I feel personally at the moment is that um, the South African government has turned their back on us. We, we, we are nothing to them. It's been horrific. And when you can't say anything to anybody and give them, give them encouragement or hope, it is incredibly difficult. And that's where we're at right now. We are asking anybody to tell us what is happening. Are we coming back? Are we going to get help? And now, as if matters couldn't get any worse, they did. The locals seem to be turning hostile. They call us Farang, which is um, horrible foreigners. Yeah, they don't like us. They don't greet us anymore. Um, They're not happy for us to be around. They blame us for the the virus. We don't have an end in sight. That is is really where we're going, you know. And... um, yeah, talking to our families, it's it's really, really difficult. I think it's, it's really the emotions, as I mentioned, are getting high. And the sad part about it is one minute we, we think we've got hope, we're filling in more forms, and the next thing we don't hear a word. And and fear of the unknown is, is rife right now. Every day, Bergman says there's another story, an impossible decision, a crippling situation and it's home away from home that has asked for advice. In Italy, a South African woman's husband is in ICU on life support. She could take a repatriation flight home, but that would mean leaving her critically ill husband behind. If they don't take the repatriation flight, they left with two decisions, because one, they're going to either have to stay, um, in which case they're going to have to fund that accommodation for themselves, and their partner could be in hospital for for days or, or weeks on end, and so their funds might run out. Or do they get on that repatriation flight for the sake of the funds, but then leave their partner on, on life support? Um, and there's two such cases in that regard. Now, you know, this is a shocking situation. It's a shocking scenario because they're asking you for your advice. How do you advise someone that like that? It's an impossible job, but Bergman says there is a lot of work happening to try and bring people home, and some South African embassies have proved to be more efficient than others. In Angola, some 200 South Africans are trying to get back to South Africa. Our embassy there dropped the ball. 
And I have to say it, you know, I have to point fingers there. There's somewhere along the line we should have been able to get those 200 people somewhere with, uh, you know, between Airlink, between SAA, between British Airways. We should have been able to get out 200 people out of there. And we're talking about staff, employees. We're talking about uh, mothers, fathers, children. There are people stranded there that didn't have to be stranded there. But despite the dire situations these people find themselves in, Bergman believes South African resilience will get them through it. Especially after the 9-11 attacks, people had a chronic anxiety after that. And uh, for a while longer, it came, you know, they, they were monitoring people's chronic anxiety after that and how it came down and the levels. But in South Africa, a lot of South Africans live through that chronic anxiety just because of the crime rate. Um, that they live by. And so, you know, for South Africans, we, we already have that type of, we're accustomed to that type of living. So for us, we're just forced to think of things in a different way all the time. So for, for me, the way I see it is we're going to come out of this just stronger. We're going to come out of this just thinking a different way. Being locked down is difficult, but being locked out is worse particularly as funds run out and there is no assistance available. Nobody knows if life will ever be the same again for those South Africans marooned abroad, with seemingly little chance of rescue. Only time will tell. This episode of the COVID-19 Chronicles was produced by Catherine Rice, audio production by Al Colstock.